everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk. Moving on now into our time of teaching, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and get those out. And if you don't, there are Bibles in the back and on the sides, so you can go ahead and grab a Bible. As a review last week, Pastor Amos or Amos talked about how we are in a season, we believe, and in this season of greater faith and repentance. He also talked about this idea that following Jesus means surrendering our paradigms. So oftentimes what we think about Jesus comes from our minds and our hearts, but sometimes we have to surrender what we believe and embrace what is actually true of Jesus and who he is. And there are just many times in our lives where we have to take our paradigms, surrender them to Jesus, and say, whoever you are, whatever you want, it's yours. I surrender my, my beliefs, my paradigms to you. So a time of shifting our paradigms is where we're at. We are also in a series of The Chosen, season three. So today we will be looking at episode five called Clean Part Two. We will actually get into the clip for The Chosen later on in the talk, but know that that is coming. And it's also Palm Sunday, so we'll be looking at Palm Sunday. Basically what we'll do today is we're gonna be looking at a paradigm shift in the idea of joy and sorrow joy and sorrow. How do we view joy and sorrow and how might Jesus want to shift our paradigm in regards to this? And we will look at joy and sorrow through the special tradition of Palm Sunday, the story where Jesus enters Jerusalem. Also through the cross, Friday is when we celebrate Good Friday. So we will also look at this paradigm of joy and sorrow through the cross And also, through The Chosen, episode 5, we will see Jesus bringing joy and sorrow through the crowds and into our hearts. And that's where we will land today. So keep your mind on this idea of joy and sorrow. And there's two ways I would love for you to picture or imagine this concept of both joy and sorrow being embraced. So not sorrow being bad and joy being good, but both of them being embraced as friends, as companions. They often go together. So you could think of this idea like these roses. So think of the blooms as the joy, but think of the thorns as the sorrow. They're beautiful all together. You can cut the thorns off, sure, but they're beautiful. They serve a purpose. They protect the flower. That's why the thorns are there. The sorrow is there to protect us, to protect our hearts, the way it protects a rose. And the bloom is beautiful. If you cut the top off, how sad, right? Both joy and sorrow. So you can think about this concept of embracing both of them through the picture and the idea of a rose and its thorn. Another way to picture this idea of joy and sorrow is to imagine two friends beside you and they journey with you. Both joy is your friend and sorrow is your friend. 
neither are bad. So if you are in a time of sorrow, perhaps you have lost someone, perhaps you've given up a dream, perhaps you're just in this really difficult phase, maybe you're really sick or whatever's going on, sometimes you want to take that sorrow and push it away and say, no, I don't want this sorrow. But I'm encouraging you today to embrace sorrow as a friend, especially sorrow. Let me tell you something a little about sorrow before we jump in. I picture sorrow as being from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be all in flowing in sorrow. I am not talking about sorrow that comes from the enemy. That is different. I wouldn't even call it sorrow. And so that is the sorrow we're talking about, the one that comes from the Holy Spirit. And you will see Jesus embraces sorrow as a friend. Um, Okay, so you could see them as friends or companions. They walk with you always. Maybe sometimes joy is right here with you and sorrow is a bit behind you. Or maybe they're both together with you, however that might look in your life. So I'll give you just a personal example I personally am in a season of more sorrow than joy. I would say that is true of our family. No specific details. It's just a really hard time right now. And so I feel like I am embracing sorrow, and I often feel sad. And I tell myself, it's okay to feel sad right now. I sit with Jesus. I do nothing but sit and say, I'm so sad right now. And he's cool with that, right? Um, And so in the midst of this time of sorrow that I'm embracing, Yesterday, we were having some family time, and our two-year-old Luke was there, and I have an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old, and we were just being together. We were just in the living room, and we were asking Luke questions like, Luke, what's your favorite animal? Luke, what's your favorite food? And I said, Luke, what's your favorite shape? And he says, red. And we just burst out laughing because obviously red is not a shape. But it was funny and it was joyful. And it was this moment where I could still hold my sorrow. It's still there. But also embrace joy and feel okay. It's okay to have joy in the midst of pain, especially when you're grieving. And it's hard sometimes to embrace joy. You don't feel like it's okay. Like I should be sad and I should be grieving. And then is it okay to feel joy? Yes. So this is the concept that we're talking about today, and we're going to see this idea of embracing both joy and sorrow through Jesus as he enters Jerusalem, as he goes through a crowd, and as he goes to the cross. So let's begin. Without further ado, if you could stand with me, we're going to stand to read Luke chapter 19. So turn with me, Luke chapter 19. Look looking at verse 35. So where we are here is Jesus is entering Jerusalem. Some disciples have gone and they have gotten Jesus a colt to ride on into Jerusalem. So the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, Rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, 
the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead and saw the city ahead. He began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. You can be seated. Jesus embraces both joy and sorrow into the city, to the cross, and into a crowd. To the city, to the cross, and into the crowd. So first here we see our traditional Palm Sunday passage where Jesus, he gets on a colt and, and they lay down their garments for him. This is a tradition you could read more about this if you wanted to. In 2 Kings chapter 9, there was a king, Jehu, who was being anointed, and all of the officers took off their coats, lay them on the ground for Jehu to walk up to be anointed. So this is what they're doing with Jesus. Number one, they're saying, you are our king. Number two, they're saying, we submit to you. As the officers submitted their authority to King Jehu, this is also what the people are saying, is we submit to you, Jesus, our king. They have seen many miracles. They've heard his teaching. They trust him. They know he's the Messiah. And so they lay down their garments on the ground as an act of submission and an act of saying, we trust you. You are our king. They celebrate, they praise, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. It's exciting, it's joyful, and Jesus embraces that, right? So the Pharisees say, what are you letting these people do? And Jesus says, bring it on. If they don't, these rocks are going to cry out. And he embraces this joyful moment, this moment of coming in humbly on the colt, but in as the king, and that's joyful, and it's good, and he embraces joy as a friend, like the roses. This is a moment of blooming and blossoming and joy, and it's good, and it's okay. And then we see just very soon as he goes through and he approaches Jerusalem, he starts to cry. He starts to begin to hold that joy, not let it go, but also embrace the sorrow and so you be, we see Jesus now even weeping as the sorrow comes in and he realizes and he knows he's so sad. Why? Because he loves every single person in that city and they've rejected him. Some haven't, but he knows this, there's going to be so much rejection. Is he sad about all of the pain that he will endure? Maybe I would be, right? He knows he's going into this city to die. He won't leave Jerusalem. He'll go to the cross. He knows that it's sad, it's sorrowful, but he's really sad because he knows and he deeply desires everyone to come to him, to love him, to have life forever. And he knows they're gonna reject him, that they're not gonna accept him and his love and that produces deep sorrow within him. And so he holds the joy of the people praising him, of the ones he knows love him deeply, but he also embraces the sorrow, the sadness of knowing not everyone will accept him. Both joy and sorrow are embraced by Jesus as he enters the city. 
And then we will see later on, this is traditionally celebrated this Friday. We see Jesus go to the cross. So he's taken, he's, he's accused, and he's confirmed guilty that he must go to the cross. And we'll see this story in Luke chapter 23. You can turn there if you like, or you are also welcome to listen. So he goes to the cross in deep sorrow, in deep pain. We know that. We know he was nailed. We know that this hurt. We know he has this crown of thorns on his head. And now he's up on the cross, and there are two people beside him. There's two people. And here's where we're going to pick it up, that they're both criminals on the other side. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so even on the cross, in the midst of this terrible suffering, we see a moment of joy. We see a moment of roses blooming or a moment of Jesus embracing the sorrow here, but also embracing the joy. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise is an incredible, joyful, delightful place. Heaven will be amazing and joyful. And we see in this moment Jesus dwelling on paradise and knowing with great joy that this man at his final moment, has chosen Jesus. And that brings him great joy, great delight, even in the midst of sorrow. And so Jesus doesn't let go of sorrow to embrace joy, but embraces them both as friends. Both joy and sorrow are good and okay. And he embraces them both into the city and to the cross and through the crowd. So we pick up this story in our series of The Chosen. And what we find is Jesus, during his time in Jerusalem, he ends up being met by a man named Jairus. And Jairus's 12-year-old daughter is dying. She's very close to death. And so Jairus begs Jesus. He says, I know that you can heal her. Please, please, will you come to my house? And Jesus says, yes, I will come. So on the way to Jairus's house, this huge crowd comes around him because He's amazing. They love him. And at this time as well, there is a woman, and she's been sick for 12 years. Notice the two 12s, which seems significant. But she's been sick for 12 years. She's been bleeding. And anytime she goes to the doctor, it gets worse. And she's just desperate. She's heard the stories. She's met other people who were healed and decides, I'm going to just touch his robe. And he's going to heal me. She has this great faith as does Jairus. So let's watch um, this unfold. But as you watch it, what I want to challenge you to do is notice your emotions. Notice how you feel through this entire clip, and then we'll pick it up there. And try to notice joy and sorrow and the emotion that wells up in you at the various places. So let's watch this clip. Hey, 
thread. One thread. Just, just the edge. Only a thread. You! I know you. Get away from him. Stop it, please. Rabbi Yusuf! Rabbi Yusuf! This woman bleeds. She is unclean. We removed her. Please, please. I, I promise I won't touch him. I, I just need... Oh, woman, please. We can help you, but not now. I asked the question. Who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this, and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. touched me. Come forward, teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I know I should have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. <laughs> he was right. The blood has ceased. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know. But it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long. We can take her. She is clean. me today and I know my daughter I know it has been a fight for you for so long you must be 
exhausted. Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. I wish I could stay here longer. But I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours. But I'm so glad that we found each other. Sorrow and joy. In this clip, we see, we see both of those intermingled together. You feel the sorrow that she feels, having been sick for so long. The sorrow that she feels knowing the religious leader doesn't want her to go there, doesn't want her to reach out for Jesus' robe. The sorrow that she feels when, when she says, Jesus calls her daughter and she says, I have no father, because she had been disowned. And we see the joy. We see the joy when she's healed and she realizes it's over. Twelve years of exhaustion is over. And the joy you see when, when Jesus says, look, look at me. Your faith has healed you. And the joy that he has at, at being able to heal, to bring joy and peace to people's lives. There is both sorrow and joy. Jesus embraces them both. And there's this moment where Jesus talks as he enters the city about the path to peace, that it was rejected. Um, but I believe part of this path to peace is being able to embrace both joy and sorrow the way Jesus did. He embraced them both into the city and to the cross, and through the crowd, and into the heart of that woman. And he takes it, the end of that is that he does go to Jairus's house, and the people there are mourning and crying because she had died. And Jesus comes in and says, stop, stop mourning. She's just asleep, and he brings her back to life. So there's sorrow and there's joy, and Jesus embraces both. And part of the path to peace is to be a person who can take and embrace them both as friends. A person who, like this rose, is okay with the blooms and the thorns. That both are okay. So if you have a paradigm of being unable to embrace them both as friends, today, let it shift let your paradigm shift. Look at the life of Jesus. Go home, read the triumphal entry story of Palm Sunday, and keep reading and watch Jesus as he embraces joy and sorrow through his whole life all the way to the cross and back again. And next Sunday, we get to celebrate Easter, and it's joyful and it's fun. And if you're feeling grief and sorrow too, it's okay. Bring them both. Embrace them both as friends. The most peaceful people I know are those who can embrace both sorrow and joy as friends. So let's take a moment now. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to bow our heads into this position. 
of surrender. And I want you to reflect, how do you need to shift your paradigm of joy and sorrow? And this will lead us into ministry time as well. So go ahead and bow your head for a moment. I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, come. And Jesus, I pray that you might give us a moment of picturing you walking into our hearts with both joy and sorrow. And would you give us a moment to to bring to you our joys and our sorrows? And would you shift our paradigms however you want? So Lord, bless these moments of silence. Come Holy Spirit. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.